Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the hilarious Lori Kilmartin, author of Shitty Mom, writer for Conan, and we find out what really happens at a Civil War reenactment. Wow, just wow. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles. Brisk. A beautiful day. Brisk, clear air. Blue skies, Jordan, you could see a mile. Yeah. You know what that stop-motion M&M from a few years would, years ago would say? <laughs> What's that, Jordan? That's brisk, baby. <laughs> Wait. And M&M said that's brisk, baby? Oh, M&M the rapper. Remember when there was the stop-motion M&M? Wait. A stop-motion M&M? Uh-huh. Not the John Lovitz M&M. No. That's a computer-animated M&M. Yeah. This is a stop-motion M&M the rapper. He would, he would pound a... Brisk, a uh, Lipton brisk iced tea, and say that's brisk, baby. Why would he say that? Uh, I mean to encourage you to to buy a brisk iced tea. Why would brisk iced tea pick Eminem to be its spokesperson? I don't know. They also had a Frank Sinatra. Wait, Frank Sinatra and M- Frank Sinatra is dead. I think this was an impersonator. They hired a stop motion impersonator, mm-hmm. like a man to drink like iced a man tea? who can move in a way to where it looks like he's stop motion. And he also, you know, talks like Frank Sinatra. It sounds like a terrible advertising campaign. Why did we sign on for this? I don't know. The entire city of Los Angeles is behind this. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Lasorda, um, Angelique, everybody. Jeez Antonio Villaraigosa. Wow. Yeah. L- let's... That's brisk, baby. I mean, I, am I, do I have to say it? I mean, if you want this pile of cocaine, you do. If you want to do this blow with Tommy Lasorda. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we get a signed copy of his old Genesis game, too. In a jar of his signature pasta sauce. (laughs) Does he have a pasta sauce? I probably. Yeah. Is that racist for me to say that? But he probably does. I bet he does, too. I saw some Marky Ramon pasta sauce the other day at Whole Foods that I almost got. But then I remember that I don't make much pasta. I want to be clear. When I say that Tommy Lasorda probably has a signature pasta sauce... It's not exclusively because he's an Italian-American. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. an Italian-American. Yeah. It's because he's a fatso. It's because he's a fatso and he's just known f- he's that kind of guy. Right. You know what I mean? It's not just about it. The fact that it's pasta sauce is because he's Italian-American. Mm-hmm. You know, if he was, uh, if he was an African-American, it would be some sort of soul food product. Mm-hmm. If he was a Swedish-American, like like it would be some sort of like pickled dry, fish. Like a dry rub. Yeah, like a rub. Yeah. Exactly. A barbecue seasoning of some kind. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like I said, Northern European, a pickled fish. Um, there's a lot of different signature products he could have, and they do correspond with his ethnicity. But it's the fact that he's the kind of guy that would have a signature food product right. that is salient here and not his ethnicity specifically. Thanks for clearing that up. That's brisk, baby. That's brisk. There, there you go. Our guest on the program, already confused. Well, heart, is heartbroken. 
Really? Because I, I, you're talking about Italians and fat people and black people and Swedes, and I want it in. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't, I can't comment. I'm you shackled. Had, you know, you have this that, list. Like, my specialty. Yeah. A comedian, comedian, and now author, yeah. Laurie mm. Kilmartin, uh, who's the author of the new book Shitty Mom, mm. um, and uh, also a writer on the Conan O'Brien television program, mm. um, and a beloved stand-up comedian. When I say beloved, I mean by me. I'm a big fan of her stand-up comedy work. You mean old. <laughs> no. Right? No. Yeah. I mean Italian. <laughs> I mean, Italian-American. To be fair, Jesse. It's a euphemism for Italian-American. You know, if you said beloved actress, you're right. thinking yeah. more like Judy Dench, and you're not, you wouldn't say oh my beloved God. actress. About I would say that of Jessica Biel. Yeah, <laughs> beloved actress Jessica Biel. Yeah. You wouldn't say that about a bringer comic. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> call Jessica Biel an actress. I guess that's the flaw in that plan. Um, a bringer comic. I was just in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan was as well. We all we all went out to the East Coast for Max von Con East, and I don't think I had ever experienced bringer comedy firsthand, where where the oh, premise yeah. is flyering. I had been to a couple of shows that involved comedy contests, local comedy contests, where comedians would, because they wanted to win the comedy contest that was determined by audience vote, they would bring people. Yeah. But not the kind where you actually have to bring people you don't know. It's so – well, that's – I think that's different from a different kind of humiliation than a bringer show. Like a bringer is, I think, your friends or people okay. that you do know. And flyering is one step below, which I've done flyering. When I first moved to New York, I did flyering. That's a thing. And I think it's only – is it a thing elsewhere besides New York City? I don't think so because I don't think um, – there's no one else – in Los Angeles, there's no one walking. So right. they couldn't take <laughs> a There's no public places. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was approached in Culver City – uh, a few days ago by a guy doing that New York spiel like, hey, you guys want to see some comedy tonight? Oh, no. And it was like, but usually in New York when you see those guys, you know, there's kind of 10 of them. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's got their corner. But this was just the one guy. And I wanted to stop and ask him, where is there a comedy club around here? What are you doing? Was but- it Dave Coulier? <laughs> <laughs> it was not, unfortunately. Um, he did tell me to cut it out, though. So, and you're like, I'm you're gonna... the one bothering me. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so, yeah, it was strange. I wanted to engage this guy because it was so weird because you never see that in L.A. But this guy was doing it. Uh, but I wanted to I wanted to find out more, but I also didn't want to yeah, you don't talk engage. to that guy. Um, it's almost like there are little pop-up <clears throat> comedy clubs that, that last a couple months and then they go away and they move to another location. How so... many people – okay. When you did this briefly when you first moved to New York City, mm-hmm. how much time do you spend doing it and how many people constitutes a successful day of berating people into coming to a comedy show? Usually, like, I would just do it for, like, two hours before before a show um, where a friend was running the show. So you have kind of felt like – I didn't feel exploited. Like, we were all trying to get audience – the guy running the show was flying. We like we were all just trying to do it. Oh, that's it nice. Wasn't it wasn't the yeah. kind of thing where it yeah. wasn't the kind of thing where you only got to go on stage when the sixth person crossed no, no, in no. that handed in your flyer that no. had your secret code at the bottom. Because <laughs> no, that's a oh thing. I think. I think that's a real thing. That's too high tech. That is horrible. No, I'm sure that's a real thing. It's horrible. I've seen people. Uh, I've seen minutes times where someone will be like, "Oh, you you were supposed to have three minutes and you have two now." <laughs> like because <laughs> their minutes got cut because and it's such a small amount. 
percent of time anyway. It's a horrible. It's a horrible business. It's a horrible way to. Live. What? What? Who are these people that run comedy clubs? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Wait, what is I think going like, on I think, with them? I think there's some, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but it mm-hmm. seems like there's just some residual shysters from the 80s. Like in the 80s when you could make a ton of money opening up a comedy club because that was so popular, it seems like there's a lot of like 60-year-old dudes who made a lot of money then who still just kind of do it. Is I that? Know. It doesn't seem like, I, I don't see a lot of like 60-year-old dudes because back then those guys were really lazy. Like they didn't, yeah. they didn't watch the show. They didn't care about it. It was just like they just sold beer while they were stand-up, but they didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I think to hustle like this and actually print codes on the bottom of flyers takes hmm. a different type of personality. Yeah. And I, I think it's a, a, actually a completely different animal that's behind. I mean to call them animals. I always but, presume yeah. that it's driven by some sort of drug use. So I picture <laughs> yeah. I picture the people in the 70s who no longer had the youth and vigor right. to run a discotheque. Mm-hmm. Right. It was very popular during the 1970s. I don't know if you guys have heard about these things. But people would run these things called discotheques where people did, went and did... I often called them discos. Right. Your full sure. on confirmation name, discotheque. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's only if they're Aztec themed. I use the <laughs> I use the formal address. You're very the Usted form. Mm. Um, so, you don't want to be disrespectful toward the dance club. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the the discotheque people were doing cocaine and poppers in the seventies, mm-hmm. and then. They couldn't keep up that lifestyle anymore, but they only knew the club business. So then they just heard about Jay Leno or whatever, Richard Lewis, something like that. And they're like, oh, I, get, I can get me one of them. Right. And then those people – but then when the comedy boom started to fade in the late 80s, then they maybe started – by then they were, they were using speed – and that made them really focused and driven, but still sort of a mess. So that gave them the code systems and the irrational rages that I presume exist. It's like a a touching narrative that you've presented, the decline of comedy and Thank comedy you. club owners. It's not strictly true in the literal sense, but in a broader, more Mike Daisy-ish sense, <laughs> it is actually true. I think Those are amalgams of people I, you have met. Do I have right. to come back for the retraction podcast? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Jordan's going to grill me. Yeah, it's going to um, be very compelling. I'm going to sort of feel bad, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a really, it's going to be a really intense emotional thing, and I think at the end of it, both me and Jordan's careers are <laughs> going to take off yeah. because of it. And then we'll learn a little bit about the line between theater and journalism too. Yeah, which Does, is absolutely. Important. Is Daisy new, doing better now? Daisy's or? doing fine. I I yeah. should say um, I know Mike Daisy. Oh yeah, and, we, and you know I know Ira Glass too. Neither of them are close friends of mine or anything, but <laughs> I know both of them. And that really sucked when that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that really stunk. What a stinker. Yeah. Oh, yep. boy. I, I, I don't uh, – I get emails from Mike Daisy. Oh. <laughs> but I don't know. But yeah, that, I felt really bad. You just flyered him one time in New York in the <laughs> late eighties, and when I first, before I heard the that uh, that ver, that episode of Amer- this American Life, I uh, I thought, oh, that'll be interesting. It'll just be interesting. But then I just felt really bad for Ira Glass. 
Yeah. I Well, that's Ira Glass's superpower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone was to blame and everyone was not to blame, I right, think. Right, right. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm hesitant to be too judgmental about it, but I felt, I felt, uh, the one thing that, the one thing that I feel really bad about is that now the This American Life, uh, people have to run all of their things like it was Time Magazine. Oh man. Like This American Life was Time Magazine. Like it wasn't just people just saying a thing that they remember that happened to them. Right. Like they literally have fact checkers now, which not even... Like the Los Angeles yeah. Times probably still doesn't have doesn't have yeah. fact checkers anymore, but This American Life does. They're like, can we see your diaries from when you were thirteen, yeah. just to verify that you felt? Yeah, this can way? we can we see the embarrassing first period underwear? <laughs> I'm yeah. wearing it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a sad story, but the, but I am happy that Lori Kilmartin's here. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Jesse, I've, I've got a little bit of a sad story that I think we shouldn't spend too much time on, but I think it relates to the last episode. Oh, great. Uh, Based on our conversation last episode, uh, we were talking about uh, the Wachowskis and kind of in general those those movies that... uh, Are we... Confirmed That's on the, that pronunciation? Uh, yeah, I, you. Uh, I, no, the I Matrix, the Matrix brother, and the Matrix the brothers now brother and sister. Transsexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, the, are we confirmed on Wachowski? Mm, that's Wachowski? How I'm, I would have said Wachowski. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It, we do know that they have a line of bratwursts. Yes, <laughs> but you also say discotheques, yeah. so maybe that's the more formal pronunciation of Wachowski. Right, Anyways, right. that's the Usted form. I'm a racist. <laughs> um, we were talking about those movies that kind of like uh, intellectual stony guys will insist are great movies, right? But right. really, just kind of silly. I watched Speed Racer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I it, didn't know that came out in movie form. It did. Yeah, yeah. The Wachowskis made uh-huh. a super high budget, mostly green screen speed oh, wow. racer. You'd know them as the Wachowskis. <laughs> <laughs> Sausage magnates. Lana yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was not good. It uh... was pretty firmly, pretty completely and utterly for ten year olds. Uh huh. Um, there is a scene where John Goodman fights a ninja. Wow. That's, so I, you say it's not good. I, I mean, that part is good. If you can find that isolated somewhere, then then yeah. I mean, it's basically the greatest movie of all time. Did you is, write down what chapter that is on the Blu-ray? No, I didn't. I'm did sorry. you watch it on Blu-ray? I did put it in my favorite scenes, though. Okay. Yeah, I did watch it on Blu-ray, yes. Okay, good. So you got a full HD experience. Absolutely. Surround sound, the whole nine. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so this is a movie that people have been like... You know, it was kind of a failed movie, and I feel like a lot of people are like, Speed Racer, it was good. Trust me, game changer. Um, yeah, I just just didn't see it. It seems like one of those movies where the actors were just standing in front of a green screen while the world's most complicated cartoon is playing behind them, and then they're kind of reacting. Like, I don't know anyone who's—no one has ever told me that Speed Racer was a game changer. Oh, but yeah? I, but it might be the conversations I'm having. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel— uh, and then when you're like Blu-ray, I, like I'm sort of 10 years behind you technologically, mm. you know, or I'm ahead of you. You still have a Razer flip phone? <laughs> what do you mean still? Just got? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to, on that very topic, mm-hmm. 
I'd like to thank the literally dozens of people who have emailed, tweeted, and posted in our forum about dipshits that wanted to seriously discuss the themes of The Matrix with them when The Matrix came out. Uh, Jordan and Colton Dunn denied that that was a thing. Um, many, many people have confirmed that to me. I feel I, – I, 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 I think there was some misunderstanding. I do not feel like dipshits who want to discuss The Matrix – they exist. I have come up face-to-face with them. But I think that uh, – I, I just think that The Matrix's popularity was because of its cool special effects – and that maybe you got an unusually high sample of dipshits. Isn't it interesting that when you when you do see a movie and you feel like, oh my god, the truth has been revealed. Yeah. And if ever like when V uh, Vendetta came out, I was like, oh, all right, everyone's going to see this and we're going to know what the Bush administration did. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just went away, and yeah. no one cared, and every, people did see it and think that, and then they just went on with their lives. Yeah, it turns out that art can't change the world. <laughs> it doesn't do shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I I do I do want to thank those people. I did not see Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Uh someone told me that Speed Racer was Babe Pig in the City like, which was an attempt I think to push my buttons. Sure. Um <laughs> why is that people... is that an issue with you? I feel very. I really love the movie Babe Pig in the City. Yeah, it was a great movie. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. And um, it was about the Bush administration. Yes, wow. <laughs> yes. It had some had some security themes in it. <laughs> um, the Mickey Rooney was kind of a Carl Rove figure, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Carl, yeah, Nightmare Clown performing mm-hmm. for children, right? Gr- Mickey, orangutans. He just Mickey Rooney just called Ohio, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the election has been settled. Um, and, and I think he was holding on to that for a little too long, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that while the person who told me that it was Babe Pig in the City, like, thought that that would be the secret to getting me to watch it, mm-hmm. actually, that was the secret to getting me not to watch it. Mm. <laughs> because I know that if I'm trying to look at it in a Babe Pig in the City like context, it can only disappoint and anger me. Because I know that it's no Babe Pig in the City. Sure. Look, did Gene Siskel say that Speed Racer was the best movie of the year, the year that it was released? <laughs> No, but he said that of Babe Pig in the City. He did? Yeah. And then he died. And then he died. There's a funny part where— Do you think he died of Babe Pig in the City poisoning? <laughs> I think so. He died of, con- he died Very of, con- toxic. Died of contrarianism. Ah. <laughs> That's contrarian disease. Um, there's a funny—when John Goodman is fighting the ninja, um, he's like spitting him around over his head, mm-hmm. and all the ninjas, ninja yeah. stars are flying out everywhere. And then the ninja's keys fly out. <laughs> that, a ninja with keys. I know. That, just, he, that ruins every illusion I ever had right. about ninjas. And there's like a car key and a house key on it. I thought that was a really funny detail. So, yeah, I guess based on that, it's the greatest movie of all time. Would you like to think that a ninja gets into his, ho- his own house through some, like, uh, a sunroof? What's that called? <laughs> uh, skylight. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. just shatters or, through it every time he comes or, in, and then someone replaces the skylight while he's gone. Yeah, or just maybe like Santa Claus through the – like maybe you'd break a few skylights and you're like, this is expensive. Why don't I just go through the chimney? What if he's on a date? Do you think he goes in, he says, hold on just a second, and then he goes, hoop, 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 and jumps up on the ceiling, jumps down the thing and then opens up the door and has some flowers? Possibly. What if your ninja is a woman? Oh. Is that something? 
I don't think so, but I wanted to put that out there. Okay. Well, no, I striking a blow for equal rights. <laughs> I was equal uh, work for equal pay. That's what I say, and that's I what the lady Lily ninja says. I was uh, I was on a date once, and I was bringing her home, mm-hmm. and she we got to her house, and we uh, we found that she had locked her. You know, she had locked her keys in, so she couldn't get in her house. She was locked out of her house. So I did one of the most perilous things I've ever done. She she lived on like a – she had this balcony that she said was unlocked. So she pulled her car up next to the balcony. I stood on the roof of the oh, car. Oh, bad idea. Hoisted myself – I know. This is like way more dangerous a thing than I do normally. Wow. I have no upper body strength. What <laughs> number date would you say this was? This is – this is maybe month and a half in. Okay. And I'm going to offer too if, – if, if, maybe it's not true because it's a month and a half in. But yeah. it could have been where she was like, I'm, oh, I, I don't want to – I'm going to tell him I locked the keys in the house and then he'll go and then I'll get in. Like maybe she was lying. Oh, yeah. And then she now didn't... you're risking your life. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God. I I hear what you said. She It was her idea for me to climb up. Okay. She suggested it. And it okay. seemed like a test to me a little bit. <laughs> oh, it no. seemed like a little sure. bit of a, you know. What what kind of a man are you? Right, right, right. Well, you go out mostly. We should explain to Lori. Jordan mostly goes out with girls who are looking for a man's man sure. type. Right. A sort of... And I give off that vibe and I think they just need me to confirm it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's because you can't, you're not supposed to wear the t-shirts from the fire company since you've left firefighting. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so so women are looking for that kind I'm of... I'm supposed horse... to wear my ultimate fighting t-shirts right. because right. that's what I've transitioned into. Yeah. Full time. Yeah. Um, but you still do some firefighting on the side on an as-needed basis. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they're shorthanded or it's a particularly, you know, intense backdraft. Sometimes so. you're in Newark hanging out with the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm safe with you. Yeah. From fires or ultimate fighters. <laughs> Everything else, you're fucked. I guess that's what a girl really wants is to know that she's safe with a guy. Yeah. And so so she wanted you to prove it. By... So, yeah, so so she pulled up her car. She had, like, a Honda Element and uh, it's a pretty tall car, right? And that's kind of it worked oh, for yeah, this. It's boxy. So right. I stood on the car and I and I jumped up and grabbed the balcony and and foisted myself up. Wait, wow. did you have to do like a full on full pull, pull up? up? Yeah, full pull where up. Where you like lift a... your legs above where your hands started? Yes. Holy Tom, shit! I don't think like I could Tom even do that. Yeah. Uh, the door was locked. <laughs> so I'm up here and I and there's a window with a screen that's open a little bit. So I punched out the screen and kind of, you know, wriggled my way into this window and opened the door. Uh, she dumped me like two days later. Oh, no. Doesn't that seem like bullshit? Doesn't that's... that seem like that should have bought me at least another, like, month? Maybe it bought you two more days. Yeah, maybe it did. Maybe she was... A... Maybe that was She's it. like, oh, I'm going to dump him when he drops me off, uh, yeah. but I need somebody to get my keys. <laughs> that's right. I feel like a real chump now. Oh, Anyway. Geez, you might have got a, a, one or two additional sex acts. So I, I don't think it was a bad sure. thing at the sure. end of the day. Do you think she had, a like, a hangout with her? You know how girls, I think... All hang out together, sitting cross-legged and holding cups of coffee and tea with both hands, and then sure, they talk about boys. I can boys. confirm that happens. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Do you think that they had a it's discussion? Very important that you hold the warm mug with two yes. hands. Right. Where where she, by consensus of her, this is called a council of elders. Is that correct? <laughs> mm-hmm. her, her, she did hang out with a lot of elderly women. Her a lot of beloved women. Her, yes. her group of five got together. <laughs> 
um, in Davos, Switzerland, <laughs> and they they had a discussion about how many days you had been you had bought mm-hmm. by doing this elaborate cat burglar maneuver on her mm-hmm. behalf. And they came up with two days. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like those two days, like those were just two days where we didn't see each other. It wasn't like two, it wasn't you know, two it wasn't like, like nonstop two... fuck oh, fest. Right. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like we locked ourselves, you know. In a cabin. Sure. With a jug of lube. Mm-hmm. I think you, you would not be uh, out of line to request another day or two, like to call her up now and. And so oh, you've yeah. met with your guy friends, right. and they feel like you cut it off uh, one or two seconds is... early. <laughs> yeah, it's been. A, I should say hi. It's been a long time. Yeah, In it's fact, Jordan. You I it. just We've... got back from the Bohemian Grove. Right. You could. Carl Rove and I were chatting. <laughs> <laughs> you could foist yourself onto her balcony tonight. Now you know yeah. how to get in. Oh yeah. So you're saying I should break into her house and demand sex acts? Yeah, not uh, <laughs> for two days. Now, now you're making it sound like a rip. should he wear? <laughs> should he wear his ultimate fighting T-shirt when he breaks in? <laughs> no. <laughs> Again, this is all your idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. And so I'll sign off on it. So okay, it thank has you. Has a girl approval, yeah. right? So just break into her house, mm-hmm. wear the ultimate fighting T-shirt, let her know that comedian Lori Kilmartin, mm-hmm. uh, woman and mother, yeah. says that it's okay. And present the jug of lube. <laughs> That's how a lot of love happens, especially in the Middle East. Yeah, the ceremonial. Right. Yeah. You do the the ceremonial presentation of the jug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember to use the usted form mm-hmm. when addressing her. I want to disrespect the jug. No, consent and... is interpretive. That's what I always tell. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like dance. That's... Right. Yeah. Modern dance. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Co. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Lori Kilmartin. You can make up a name if you want. I mean, you could be Lori Kilmartin, Shitty Mom, because it's the name of your book. I'll be Margaret Miller, Ghost Butt. No, don't be, <laughs> don't, don't be a reference to something we discussed in the break. <laughs> That's the most inside reference ever, guys. <sighs> okay. Come on. Wait, wait. Can I add one, one more thing about Speed Racer real quick? It's important. Yes. Susan, Saran- <laughs> Susan Sarandon important. is really hot in it, and it to the point where it made me uncomfortable. She's in all these like fifties housewife I love dresses. Her. She looks great. Anyways, great. I had spent my entire life not being attracted to Susan Sarandon, and now I am, and it's weird. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be hot and you're old, like, you have to be Susan Sarandon hot to pull off 60 and bang in a 35-year-old. It's almost impossible for the average woman. It's, that's what's too bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think if— You guys aren't if, bummed about that at all, but— I mean, I just think <laughs> they should really get more you. kind of, you know, kind of hyper-stylized yeah. 50s housewife dresses, and I think they'll be fine. Oh, really? Oh, it was more I think the that's dress? the secret. Yeah, she's in like all you know this this kind of like you know reimagined by a gay man on speed yeah. June Cleaver dresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds super hot. Like as you're describing Susan Sarandon in those dresses. Yeah, yeah. I am feeling. God, sa- maybe I loved Speed Racer. <laughs> I know. Maybe it's I haven't greatest. heard a bad thing about it yeah. from you. Your face glows. Yeah. You're actually, you look happier talking about Speed Racer than the girl you dated. Yeah. Who, well, Speed Racer didn't fucking dump me after I performed <laughs> an amazing feat of strength that could have gotten me killed. Well, you're right. Well, fine. Anyway. Racer X did, though. Racer X did. Who but played Trixie? After, in... Oh, um, oh gosh. Uh, Big Eyes. She was in the uh, Adams Family. She was Wednesday. Oh, uh, Christina Ricci? Yeah. Okay. She needs to lose a few pounds. 
Yeah, um, her eyes would look normal if she, she gained a little yeah. bit of weight. She, wait, have you seen I, her in 2000? She lost. In the 2010s? I saw her in the movie. She is as... She's as yeah, thin as a rail. Yeah, she lost no, yeah. weight in her eyes. I am like, t- <laughs> that's why they're so big. Like I can her, see her, her eye bones. Eyelid, her sockets are slimming down. It's <laughs> yeah, not good. Right. Okay. Speaking of Margaret Miller, I would like to thank her for sending a book for my young son, My First Ghost. <laughs> um, she said that he doesn't have to read it now. So he's a little young for a ghost-themed yeah, book. too scary. Yeah. He's a little young for any book where you can grab the pages and crinkle them. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got to be cardboard. Yeah, he's not quite to that point. He's getting there. Um, I also want to thank Amy, uh, another listener, sent another book for Simon mm-hmm. about trash. Hey. It's about a trash man, and I can't begin to tell you how much Simon – Simon does not like this ghost book. He's not ready for it. But this trash book, Simon, how, you, what, what kind of child do you have? I, <laughs> mine is uh, Mexican. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I have a boy. And yeah. He's six. Sounds so. like he's got quite a temper. <laughs> yeah, already. Jordan. You know why I wanted in what? on the racist joke. Does he right? have a signature pasta sauce? <laughs> Am I doing this correctly? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He has a taco sauce. Lori, um, did he ever go through? Did he ever go through a period where he had a? an abiding interest in trash and the trash can. No, that is your son alone. Okay. <laughs> never. And I'm sorry, there's no comfort in numbers here. I've never heard of that in my life. Someone told me that their son uh, had gone through a period where he was really into the recycling can. Mm. Um, but I will say that my son goes, he's 15 months old. He points, if you take him for a walk, like if I put him in the baby carrier and take him for a walk. Uh, he still fits in a baby carrier? Yeah. Oh. I put him in a baby carrier. It's an ergo baby carrier. Sure. So it's for – you can fit a pretty big – I think you even fit a uh, fair-sized toddler if you put it on your back. Yeah. But you – when we go around for a walk, he points at cars yeah. and trucks and he says, uck and ka. Yeah. But the main thing you he does – You tell him that's wrong. Yeah, I correct <laughs> you should him. correct him. I correct him. The main thing he does is point at trash cans and trash on the street and go, ash, ash, <laughs> ash, ash. <laughs> and he loves, oh, he, it is like pure joy. It is as though he has been administered a happy drug if I allow him to take a piece of trash and bring it to the trash can and put it inside the trash oh, can. Oh, Nice. We, that's well, that's good. He doesn't. I I was assuming where you were going with this was he likes to dump over the trash. Can. No, not at all. He oh, likes to put things into things. Oh, okay. Oh, that's trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get, deal with that. On when that's a good way to get AIDS. <laughs> oh, there's better ways to get AIDS. Trust me. Uh, yeah. He does. He is sometimes over enthusiastic. My wife has a favorite pair of shoes. Uh, and we believe that he may have thrown away one of the shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> so we had to order a replacement. I had to call the Arrow Moccasin Company uh, <laughs> to order a replacement pair of shoes uh, because we're pretty sure that he threw one of the shoes away. But this story is about trash. Yeah. Uh, and a trash man, uh, it goes dump it in, smash it down, drive around the trashy town. And he loves this book about like the trashy that. town. That's a nice little rhyme. Yeah, right? It's fun. It's fun. It's sexy. Um, <laughs> it sounds pretty sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, Trash is sexy. Oh, here's something I was I was curious about uh, recently. As 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 kid havers, uh, mm-hmm. I was wondering are those are those kind of 
classic little kid books still in play, The Goodnight Moons, The Polar Expresses. Like, There's so much competition. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know what a, I don't know what the classics are necessarily because yeah. they all just look Moby uh, Dick. Moby Dick. Yeah. <laughs> the Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> sure. Native Son, of course. <laughs> of yeah. course, of course. <laughs> the bluest eye. Sure, yes. sure. Oh my god. You want the kid you want your classic. kid to learn about Battle Royale early. <laughs> sure. Um but yeah, but I, I guess yeah, I guess I think of those, you know, the where the wild things are. But no, but, yeah. I, in fact, that's on my list. I, I got to get that before he's too old for it. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of backed it. I just got whatever was. Uh, just read what was given to me. Okay, but I, I, um, I so I, mostly tracts. Trash, actually. <laughs> oh, trash. <laughs> yes, we went. Not we read your religious shoe. trash. <laughs> I figured that you'd just be reading the Watchtower magazine to him, <laughs> <laughs> like whatever people brought to your door. <laughs> the Ralphs ad. Sure. sure. He knows grapes are on sale. This um, yeah. No, no, uh, yeah. I, I I have missed a few classics that yeah. I feel guilty about now that he might be too old for. Like an In the Night Kitchen, maybe? In the Night Kitchen? What's yeah. that? Well, it's also by Maury Sendak, the author of... I totally m- m- missed Sendak. So, yeah, I'll have to do that pretty Did quick. you grow up without books yourself? I'm not a read. No, I didn't. <laughs> but I, don't, my, I only remember my dad reading the Bible to me. But he read the children's Bible, which was like, like fun. You know, there was it wasn't a lot of incest, and you know, it was just people <laughs> turning into salt and heads on plates. So it was it was <laughs> fun, fun and lions and all that stuff. It so, had the full. It had the full like historical violence parts yeah. of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Those were present. Minus it wasn't just different yeah. nice things that mm-hmm. Jesus did. No, I don't remember any. I only remember the Old Testament shit and it was crazy. Well, I mean, if Ad- both Ma- of them are in there, the one you're going to remember yeah. is the Old Testament, Shadrach, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was my favorite. And they walked uh, into fire, it, like a furnace, and somehow they survived. It was... There's it way was... more excitement in the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible sure. than yeah. there is in the New Testament. Right. I mean, the New Testament's... There's some miracles and there's – but, yeah. you know, I mean it's mostly just a Revelations guy. has yeah. its moments. Yeah, but but, uh, but really you, you're going to want to go to the Hebrew Bible sure. if you're looking for juicy. Yeah, because yeah. Jesus – If you're looking for talking donkey. Jesus was just <laughs> – <laughs> And was I am. Like, you could kind of count on him to rescue you. But right. the Old Testament, you'd have to – Please God in some way that, and it was different every single time. So there was no way to know how to please Him exactly and cross right. your fingers. Like you, so you never knew how it was going to turn out. You bought, you had just bought God some shellfish, and then you found out He's not into that anymore. <laughs> like, oh, you didn't. You're tell like, these me. are oysters. These are fresh oysters. Do you have any idea how much these cost? <laughs> so I don't care. God, I'm killing your child. So God, in this way, is like a girlfriend who went to art school. <laughs> you have no idea how to please her. Everything she wants into- something different. Well, anyway. women you've dated. Yeah. I like how you can are you can put it in that box very quickly. Sure. We ha- we did get we did get one more thing in the mailbox um that I wanted to acknowledge. Um I opened this box. It was like a pretty big box addressed mm-hmm. to us here at Max Fun at World Headquarters. Was it I mean Gwyneth Paltrow's head? I think people sometimes yes, sometimes people figure out that our address is on the website, which it mm-hmm. is because you know publicists send us things and stuff like that, and you know sometimes listeners want to send us stuff, and then they'll send us something surprising. This is I opened up this thing and I found a shoebox. I thought this is pretty heavy. What's in here? I opened it up. Well, it's a pair of shoes. <laughs> um, Jesse bought these a year ago. Wore them and they didn't quite fit in the end. <laughs> Figured you would know what to do with them. Yay, Max Fun. Signed, Bob. <laughs> 
Bob just sent me a pair of shoes that didn't fit him. Did, and you, Bob, you don't have, I mean, in your fashion blogging, you don't publicize your sizes. So but there's no way for Bob to know if the shoes would fit that you. That would compromise your integrity. No. In fact, I mean, you have to assume that it's a, the odds are against the shoes fitting me, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Now, look, here's the thing. These are quality shoes. We're looking. We're looking here at an Allen Edmonds Park Avenue. This is a, a classic. They, they come in sleeves. I've yeah, never seen a shoe that velvet has its pouch. own. That's this, pretty astonishing. Uh, anything from sort of mid-range dress shoes on up will come with those. So these are not guys. from Target. No, mm-hmm. these are not. These are Allen Edmonds Park Avenues. This is a classic cap toe. Uh, looks like we got a combination heel on this. Um, and this is a shoe that you can wear to wow. just about any serious occasion and, and can be resold. It's Goodyear welted. It's a high quality shoe. So I can see why he didn't want to just give them to the Salvation Army. Sure. However, it is unusual that he decided to send them to me. Correct? And they don't they don't fit you. No, I, I wear, if anybody's wondering, mm-hmm. I'm a size 12B. Um, I've got a narrow heel. Uh, my forefoot is less narrow, but a B is usually okay. And in twelve C, and frankly, if if you if you're if you really want to send me a particular pair of shoes, they only come in medium width. A twelve D will probably work. And not to if I wear an eleven. Okay. Uh, and if anyone wants to send me shoes via sure. your do you podcast. Have, do you have any preferred styles of shoes? Do you like a La Boutin? I like a low heel. You like a low heel, like a kitten heel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sure. I've never heard a guy say kitten heel. Yeah. Um, that's kind of thrilling. Yeah, I, I don't mind <laughs> a kitten heel. Yeah, okay. So, Jordan, what size shoes do you wear? Oh, uh, don't say me any shoes, weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, I am sincerely wondering what size shoes you wear now. Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Brian Fernandez, our producer, what, what size shoes do you wear? This is an important question. Is that 10? Brian. I've got great news, my friends. Oh, my God. You just got yourself a pair of $350 shoes. Brian is excited. Look at Brian. Look how happy Brian is. He's clapping for shoes. These are attendees. We found a home for the shoes. We found a home for the shoes. Brian, look, job interviews. You're going to need one of those once I let you go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is a great transition. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, you're fired. Bob said you would know what to do. Yeah, I did it. I fucking did it. Man, maybe Bob's Bob's a little a little more clever than we gave him credit for. Bring me your problems, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I'm a solutioneer. You should hire Bob to replace Brian. Okay, I have I have one more thing. One more (laughs) one more uh, prop that I brought in for this week's podcast. I would like for this, and I, I brought this in specifically. I've been thinking about it a lot over the last year. But since, Glory, since your book is about parenting, I thought I would bring it in this week. Um, This is a product that has been immensely valuable to me as my child has grown up. And it has the best product name of any product ever. And so I would like this product to sponsor this show. So if you're out there and you work for the folks that make this product, Please give me the opportunity to say the name of this item more regularly on the show. I'm talking, of course, about Hot Kid Baby Mum Mum brand organic rice rusks. Wow. Hmm. Can I see? That all sounds like Cockney rhyming slang. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if there was two of those things, then it wouldn't be pretty regular. Um, Yeah. 
I'm uh, I'm angry at this product. Like it's it it doesn't it's it does not deserve the packaging. It's can I see the can I ask hot you? kid baby mum mum organic rice rusks? Right. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna try and say it. See how it feels. Hot kid baby mum mum organic rice rusks. It's pretty fun, right? I I. I don't know. I guess I feel like a. I guess when I say it, I feel like a cartoon grandpa. Right. Yeah. I suspect that's that what we are, Jordan. <laughs> that's the grandpa. whole premise of our show. I think that a child actually uh, produced that in a factory in China. I, I, I that's feel true. Like, yes, for their own. A hot child. Kind. No, yeah. a very hot child. Show me a child who isn't hot. High five, right, guys? Wait, I feel alone. <laughs> these, ba- these... It says a warning on it. Babies should be supervised while feeding. Babies should just be supervised. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should, really... they should just have that, that sentence. That's where the sentence ends. Look yes. after your baby. Later, yeah. Gator. I got a date. Does Simon, That's what I say to my baby. Does Simon, does Simon enjoy these? Uh, Simon loves these. You, what an organic – what a rice rusk is mm-hmm. – is babies, when they don't have chewing teeth, need foods that they can dissolve in their mouths so right. they don't choke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's only a few things that you can actually just sort of give them because they'll get a piece off, but it'll be too big and then they'll choke and die. So either you give them little tiny pieces of food, which is still sort of where we're at with Simon, or you give them, you know, uh, uh, purees, right? You know, like baby food jars. Mm-hmm. So this is like the solid food that you can give to an older baby that's just starting to eat solid food because right. they sort of gnaw on it and it and it evaporates in their mouth. Not evaporates. Mm-hmm. It sort of melts in yeah. when it gets wet. I'll tell you, it doesn't taste bad. You know, another thing you could do is just give a baby a sandwich and say, grow some fucking teeth. Right. <laughs> That's how I did it. My son grew it very quickly. That's a chapter in Lori's book. Yes. It's called Grow Some Fucking Teeth, Chapter 22. <laughs> grow some fucking teeth. But, you know, I mean, if you're – look, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. We're not yet being paid by these folks. No. The, hot, the people, good people at Hot Kid. Um, but I'll say this. Ladies, gentlemen, if you have a small child at home mm-hmm. who has uh, the ability to eat food but not enough teeth to chew it, why not try Hot Kid brand Baby Mum Mums, the best organic rice rusks money can buy. They come individually packaged, two to a package, to guard against staleness. <laughs> they taste like a lightly flavored fortune cookie, and your child will love the banality of that flavor will slide smoothly up the butt. Also, <laughs> Wait, is that part Jordan, of the way? No, I just Jordan. wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> Jordan. Yeah. If no. you can say the name of the product, you're sober enough to care for your child. Then yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. It's yeah, a field sobriety if you test. If you're Slur. on the bubble all the time, yeah, yeah, it's a good way to test. Hot yourself. kid brand. Mum bum. Yeah. No. Ah, Get a sitter. Get a sitter. You got to bring somebody in. Too drunk. mom. Too drunk. (laughs) Call Gamma. Get her in here. (laughs) Gamma, I can't say the mice rusk. (laughs) (laughs) Come by and help out. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. 
Lori, you're, oh, sorry. You're, you're asleep at the switch here. <laughs> Please Wait. say the name of this product. We need to make sure you're fit to podcast. I'm Lori Kilmartin. Am I the product? You, oh, you could be the product if you want to. You could be the hot kid. I'm the, I'll be the Angelique of the studio. Oh, um, excellent. <laughs> and Los I'll be Angeles the Tommy legend. Lasorda. <laughs> Wait, what's another Los Angeles legend that I can be? All I can think of is Dodgers. I mean, I could be Fernando Valenzuela, but that kind of feels like it's the same as being Tommy Lasorda. It feels like it should be some kind of porn star. James Worthy? Can I be James Worthy? Is he the a porn star? Lakers legend or the sport goggles? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's fun, right? Yeah. Can I be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? John Wooden. Oh, I know what I can be. What? Magic Johnson's TGI Fridays. Oh, yeah. There you go. He has a TGI Fridays? Yeah, down by the airport. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a TGI Fridays, but above it, it says Magic Johnson's TGI Fridays. You know what? I I lived in Harlem for a long time, and he has the theaters there. Oh. uh, You got to see a movie at Magic Johnson Theater. Is it a colorful experience? That's very racist. Is it? No. Uh, (laughs) I just heard the word color. (laughs) Got right. excited Snap for a judgment. second. I thought yeah. you were going off the rails. <laughs> uh, You're just waiting for this to get racist. Yes, basically. I know. I've been here three segments. I know. Um, when are you gonna get racist? Exactly. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I, I've been to the Magic Johnson movie theaters here in Los Angeles several yeah. times. Uh, it was the closest uh, movie theaters to my home in Koreatown when I lived yeah. in Koreatown. Always had a blast. Yeah. Always had a good time. Yeah. Don't necessarily want to go see an art film there. <laughs> there will be action in right. the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be activity. Yeah, you're paying for two shows. You're yeah. paying for the one on the screen and then the one in the audience. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to see that movie where Christopher Walken and Philip Seymour Hoffman are in a string quartet. No. <laughs> <laughs> that will be playing. That That's opening on at the Film Forum in New York mm-hmm. and here in Los Angeles at the Magic Johnson Theaters on Crenshaw. It's on a double bill with paranormal activity. For I you. would like it if, it if it was billed as a Spike Lee movie so people came into the Magic Johnson expecting something. Oh, yeah. And, and, and got what something completely different. I would like that, it if Spike Lee like. made that movie. Yeah. That would be a fun movie for Spike Lee to make. Yeah, yeah. it's about time he explored the world of, <laughs> of interpersonal quartet. relationships in <laughs> string quartets. <laughs> sounds like sounds like something that he would he would bring a lot of flair to. <laughs> hey, let's uh, thank our uh, sponsor here on Jordan Jesse Go Ask Metafilter. Let's just say that you're trying to figure out where to find hot kid brand baby Baby Mum Mum Organic Rice Rusks. You're not fit to watch your child today. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Simon. (laughs) There was a hiccup there. Um, I did take my migraine medication earlier, so that may be starting to kick in right now. Uh, Let's say you're looking for a grocery store that carries Hot Kid Baby Mum Mum brand organic rice rusks. Go on Ask Metafilter. Ask them. They'll tell you. They'll even probably tell you how to find some conventionally grown rice rusks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cover all the bases. In case you don't want the organic. In case you're not prepared to pony up for the organics. Precisely. I love Metafilter. Sometimes I get stories for uh, for jokes. uh, Oh, that's fantastic for the Conan O'Brien program. Yeah, I mean, it's not always topical stuff, you know, but sometimes uh, when I can't look at Huff Pow anymore. Yeah, because it's the worst. (laughs) It's fucking horrible. They do do grab a couple – like their headlines sometimes tell you all you need to know for a a monologue joke, you know? But sometimes it's like – Yeah, I guess they are. I guess they are a little set up. The New York Post, exactly. Yeah, and and you do have to. They do have to be sort of broad enough so everyone understands it without mm-hmm. reading an article. So in that way, Huffbo sure. is helpful. And it's fun to imagine Ariana Huffington reading them to you. 
<laughs> well, again, sometimes you and I differ, and mm-hmm. you go down one road, sure. and I stay on the main road. But yeah, it, that's no, just it, because you're racist against Greek Americans. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of my intro. You guys, you told the audience that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, Author. We, Stand-up comedian. Racist racism. against Greeks. Very targeted race. Right. Racism against everyone Weirdly in Astoria, racist. Queens. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, you hate WNYC announcer Satirius Johnson. No, I don't even say his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's thank ask.metafilter.com. Nothing on the Jumbotron this week. We've actually – here's uh, one thing I want to mention about the Jumbotron because we've had some questions about this. Um, we prefer not to share your – a political or cause-driven message on the Jumbotron. Uh, it's really for sort of personal... Nothing pro-Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yogurt magnates. <laughs> um, I, I, I know that, I, I know that we, we decided that rather than being arbitrary about what political and cause-driven messages we would share on the Jumbotron, we'd just say... Just we don't we're not going to get involved in that. Uh, so apologies. We've had to turn down on one or two recently um, for things, frankly, that I am very much in support of. But I'd rather just make a rule of none of it than try and set up more complicated rules. Some of it, some of it. But if you want to wish somebody a happy birthday or plug yeah. your blog or something. Something that won't make us a lightning rod for criticism. Maximumfund.org slash Jumbotron. It's cheap. It's easy. It's a super discount. I, I also want to make that clear. Like uh, our um, jumbotron rate is a significant is a significant discount on what we would charge for actual advertising. It's just we want it to be fun for people. So go to maximumfun.org/jumbotron if you want to share your message on Jordan Jesse Go. We'll be back in just a second. La, 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 la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Lori Kilmartin, polygamist. <laughs> really? Yeah. I That's why I know that about for... a Lori Kilmartin. I'm single, but I am a polygamist. Do you, oh. So wait, do you have a lot of husbands, or are you no, one of I'm, many wives? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm bad at it. Yeah. Uh, I, right. But I, oh, failed polygamist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I'm not dating anyone, and I've never been married. But um, polygamist none, nonetheless. Okay. So w- which would you prefer? Would you prefer a many wives situation or a many yes, husband situation? Many wives. You many want, husbands, you want oh sister God. wives. Yes. I want a break. Yes. Mm. I'm kind of a loner. Like if I could have my guy on one night a week and then just be left alone, that would be great. I would be really okay with that. Even if you had to do – you had to churn some butter. Yeah. And and we could churn butter while we're having se- – like that could happen all at once. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're a butter fetishist. You're a dairy <laughs> yeah. fetishist? I do have a machine yeah. that uh, churns butter and my own butter at the same time. Oh, churns your butter. So it's yeah. dairy. I get it. So it's dairy – the fetish is dairy related. It's not Amish related. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Well, so I like would raising just a barn yeah, wouldn't I'm, do it I, for Land you. Lakes lady would be my ideal sister gotcha. wife. Okay. Yeah. Would you say that? <laughs> would you say that it's frontier themed at all? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Your it's interests frontier. are frontier themed. Yes. I only have sex on pelts. <laughs> making would making a sampler 
be something that you would be interested in. I needlework. Did, I fine did needlework. As, as a former Girl Scout, I think that was one of my badges. It was oh. definitely quilting. Yeah. And making a sampler was one. Uh, I think so was embroidery. Yeah, yeah. sure. You, so hey, I, if you're going to get into embroidery, you're going to have to start by making a sampler. Exactly. I've got the skills. That's you got to show you can you can make a flower. You can make all the letters of the alphabet. You mm-hmm. know, you can make uh, the date. You can make a picture of your farmhouse. Yes, and, a, and an inspirational saying. I know a lot about samplers from watching the Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know about samplers. Okay, so your son is a six-year-old boy. Yeah. So he's in school now. Yes. It's like less, it's it's a little less crazy as I no, understand. No, it got worse. Really? It got worse. How's I, that? I feel like I'm about to fall apart now. Really? Yeah. Now that he's in school. He's in school. Before, I used to go to work, uh, drop him off at daycare on the way to work, and then it, we would leave the house at eight twenty-five. Did he? Did he go to? Did he go to daycare right? Right from the start? Immediately. Right, because yeah. you're, you're you have a job to do. Yeah, you got to bring home the bacon. That's right. I'm a bacon bringer. Right. Um, yes. It's another one of your frontier activities. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I, I kill Babe the cow. Right. I mean the pig, and then right. make bacon. Cured, cured his meat. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that it was pretty easy, and then I would have a babysitter pick him up because I don't get out in time to pick him up. And now he, um, he, he, I got he got into a school that's a dual language immersion. Uh, it's uh, about a half hour away. What are and the it languages? It's just one. It's Spanish. Okay. And so uh, it's a it's a single language dual language immersion <laughs> school. Well, <laughs> You, it's they they the kids are half Spanish speakers and half English speakers, and so uh, as they they the teacher starts out in full Spanish, she doesn't speak any English to them. So my son is completely bewildered and I think kind of frustrated. Hmm. Um, so he, he that's an adjustment. He has homework already. Is the homework in Spanish? Yes. Can you help him with that? Do you speak Spanish? No. Uh, <laughs> now wait a minute, because that was that was perfect pronunciation. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm I learning hear, slowly. I could hear both the right side up exclamation point and the upside down <laughs> That's exclamation point. Six weeks point. of Pimsler right there. Nice. No, um, it's a lot of cutting things out and stuff like that. But it's just like like shit I have to do at seven thirty at night when I get home, and he has to go to bed in an hour. Like it used to be just you do his homework for him. Yeah, I mm. do. <laughs> If we it's could just easier not that way. The kid does not even that. speak Spanish. <laughs> He's not even my child. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a lot more work, and the expectations are higher behaviorally. So I, I guess he was getting away with murder in his daycare, and no one told me. And now he's loud. He sings all the time. And hmm. uh, I get a lot of uh, angry He's emails. a regular Bette Midler. <laughs> he is. He's a little brassy. You don't want that. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's, a, it's a, actually a lot harder, and I, I'm, I'm – uh, having a tough time. Do you uh, do you do you care for this child full time, seven days a week? I thought you, you is this child do you your responsibility on occasion. <laughs> um, he's, he's not... Are you fond of this child <laughs> at all? Um, he he's with his dad off Friday night to Sunday morning. Okay, so like today's my day off. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing it with us. Oh, please. You guys are you guys I feel like you're my grown sons. Especially yeah. you. Thanks. Uh Jordan because you're you're stalking women in their balconies. I feel like just that's like, something just like my mom, kid is about to just do. Just like mom yeah. taught me. Here's some right. stalking techniques. Yes, yes, yes. Um so okay, so it, it is actually more difficult now that he's in school. That terrifies yes. me. It should. It's there because is, I was expecting a letdown too. I'm like, oh I now figured, we can't improve. I oh. figure that from five to eleven is right. just gravy. 
No. It's just all catch and no, taking the paddle boat out. Yeah, exactly. It's new kids and it's girls and they get crushes. and it, it's, it's He does not have crushes he at does. six. Wow. Yes, he told me that. You know what? Uh, now that I think Madison of it. Madison is so beautiful. She's so much more beautiful than, than he named this other girl. I'm like, no, don't be thinking girls are more beautiful than other girls yet. You should <laughs> like them for their bodies. <laughs> exactly. That's right? what I want Are they keeping out. it tight? She, a, she does have a nice rack. I, now yeah. that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a crush on Shannon Moore in elementary school. Yeah. Now yeah. that I think about it. Yeah, boy. Yeah. So it's it gets harder. Is he a marauder at all? Uh, a pirate? No, like does he does he just go run around pushing things and slamming into things? Some kids yes, are like some boys are like physical. that, some yeah, are not. Yeah, he's very physical. Yes, yes. And I think um I've always wrestled with him and stuff. You know, like I'm physical too, so I have to now go, okay, you can't that with other kids shearing the sheep yeah no one told me at daycare he was doing that you know shearing sheep yes we go to a farm we don't even know we don't even know where he got the sheep that's the weirdest part (laughs) we don't even know where his daycare is (laughs) (laughs) um wow i am that is that terrifies me yeah i'm genuinely afraid so i should just appreciate ages three and four when they're really really cute yeah, sure. I mean, that's horrible too. They're all. It's all. I, I, <laughs> it's all for me, all from, yeah, at age six, all I can. It can only get worse. They get worse in a different way. Like they, you know, stop shitting their pants. Right. You know, um, but but then they start beating people up. You know, <laughs> what's, what's worse for me? What's the worst call to get? You know. Right. While I'm writing Mitt Romney jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you have you had to have you had to leave because one of the things about being a television comedy writer is that there is this basic assumption that you are available indefinitely at all times right to your work. Yeah, it's a little – it depends on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's enough – the writers with kids and Conan has kids too. We're, we're all have the kids around the same age. I think people – it's a little more normal. Yeah, but, it seems like yeah. seems like that stuff is dictated by the schedule of the boss. Yes, you know, the guy yeah, who's yeah. running the show. Right, right. If they're a crazy, coked-out workaholic, yeah. then everyone is kind of expected to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think like in New York when they were all like single guys, mm. it was – I know they went to like one in the morning and stuff like that. Um, but here, every you know, we're usually done by seven thirty. You something. pretty much have wrapped up. You pretty much you've lowered the expectations and ambitions of the program in the last couple of years. Is, am I understanding that correctly? Uh, yeah. When I came in, everyone's right. like, oh, cool. We can leave early. Time to coast. The girl's here. She made it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fun. I mean, that's, that sounds that sounds like a blast. Do you ever do you well, ever we get literally... in a lot earlier, too. Like, I think oh. they used to get in at 11 in the morning or something. Something, uh, some fantasy I can't comprehend anymore because <laughs> I wake up at 6. But... That's crazy. Yeah, they're, Who they're... starts working at 11 in the morning <laughs> well, on you... a daily show? I think... I'm, this is the, how's that possible? Like this is the mythology of the sketch team because you have to shoot it in the late afternoon, but right? A lot of, well, yeah, but the monologue team probably got in a little bit earlier and left right. earlier. The sketch guys were, you know, their stuff isn't necessarily due that day, so you know they would come in and, from what I understand, just work all night and film stuff. And back then too, they had to they actually had to work with actual film for a while to piece things together. It wasn't like editing on Avid or anything, so it, it was a lot more time. Razor 
they were cutting with razors and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, they were actually. Yeah, yeah. Woody Allen would come in every so often and check on their progress. Sometimes Gene Dumanian. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Gotcha. <laughs> Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. And Martin Scorsese would make sure it was all preserved. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so what does you, does your son have any conception of what you do for a living? No. Uh-uh. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, t- I told him I'm a funny person and I tell jokes and I write jokes, but I don't think he knows what that means. You still do stand up regularly as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you do that? Well, I do everything badly. (laughs) (laughs) If you just lower your standard. No, uh... That's not true because you're a great stand-up comedian. Uh, I'm, like, at Flappers this weekend in Claremont and, um... Uh, because my kid has had these behavioral if- issues, I've been staying home a little bit more at night and making sure, you know, just having a lot more contact with them. And I feel like oh, I'm rusty. And like last night, the first show, I'm, I was like stumbling on jokes. I know backwards and forwards. And I was so mad at myself. So I, I feel like, you know, it, it like new materials, slow going and all, you know, things just move slower, I guess. There's this point. I, I know that this happened to me when uh, my son was born. I had gone into it with this idea that there's a way to do this because people do do it. Mm -hmm. So I figured I'm at least as competent as most people. Right. Um, And I will be able to – I know my wife is is – my wife is exceedingly competent at everything she does and is very caring as well. All right, Jesse. You're going to get some. (laughs) So – I thought that she we listens could. to the podcast really? to decide okay. whether or not they have sex. <laughs> right, um, and some some men some <laughs> men climb some up nice balconies. <laughs> sure, some men record a flattering podcast. Oh, by the way, Brian, can you remind me to get a jug of lube on the way home? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's exceedingly competent does it in the Thorn <laughs> yeah. household. Um, and I thought that that would be enough. And I just thought, well, there just has to be some way that this works. Right. In my life. Fell apart. Mine too. It is still a shambles. Yes. I have no fucking clue about anything coming or going. I'm like, I can't catch your breath. Yeah, I have no idea about eighteen, and it'll be over. And I (laughs) and like, not even can I not catch my breath. Like, I'm not even on top of the stuff that I'm doing when I'm doing things. Mm -hmm. So I have no fucking clue what's going on at all. And I think, why? Would we have children? <laughs> Why would people have children? And I think my son is awesome. I, I love, think he's yeah, great. I love my son too. I, I constantly feel bewildered. You know, like I, I'm just not caught up and I don't understand what's happening. And, and the moments I do get caught up, they then flooded with new things and information and things I'm behind on and things I fucked up. And uh, yeah, it just never it never goes away. And I'm always tinkering with my schedule to try and figure out how to get do things a little bit more efficiently because I'm all like I forget my kids lunch all the time and he eats lunch every day. Like you think I'd have that down and I, and I don't, you know, <laughs> because like, you, eat, lo- you I, eat lunch every day. I eat it four times a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I can't seem to like to get it, you know, it is. I mean, I it, I. I have I have nothing but kind thoughts for what you're doing because I am like I it it's just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that I think sometimes is my son happens to be outside of the occasional uh, shoe discarding. Yeah. Um, is actually like as far as kids go, he's got a very good very good attitude. Yeah. He's a really sweet baby. He was a he was a good baby. 
Um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like an amazing, sometimes you hear from somebody that's like, oh, I had an amazing, perfect baby that just did whatever I wanted and just slept all the time or whatever. They're, they're not, yeah, not, <laughs> not that, but that's like, a, but a very, like we never, we never had like nightmarish issues that we couldn't address. Yeah. It was just that regular shit was way more than we could, <laughs> like just normal, good baby stuff was. Yeah. And so now I'm paralyzed by the thought that either we'll have another child who isn't a good baby or the Simon, my son, will at some point just be like go through, have some sort of problem. Mm-hmm. And like I'm like, I can't even deal with not problem. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like how will I deal with problem? Yeah, you can't. He like can't, maybe he'll he get super into sick. juggling. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a disability. Yeah. I, Maybe he'll decide he wants to become a magician. Yeah. I what I've heard is that 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 uh you know that kind of young childhood is tough for boys but they become easier in their teen years and it's the it's how, kind of the opposite how is that for possible? girls. They they start masturbating nonstop. Yeah, they, and they're, they're yeah. stronger ruining they everything with things. cum. Yes, how is is that why this this room is soundproofed is there I feel like there might be just cum behind yes. the soundproofing. Yes. Yes. Well, the cum is room. technically the cum is an element of the soundproofing. <laughs> it, does, it does have a no, Have you ever tried n- to n- shout through quality. cum? You can't do it. You can't Shout Not more than cum. once. Yeah, <laughs> I um I think when what maybe happens is that a teenage boy becomes insolent, but if he is not you insulated, if he's not violent or pursuing a life of crime, mm-hmm. um he's just sort of dour. Okay, I can handle dour. That's half the the audiences, you know. Like, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but a teenage girl, in contrast, horrifying, um, <laughs> c- wants to create an emotional narrative around her life yes. that might not fit in with the emotional narrative you'd like to have yes. around her life. I was a horrible teenage girl. I was really? so praying I wasn't going to have a daughter. What Just... kind of what kind of activities did you get involved in, if I may ask? Uh, it wasn't activities. It was community a, theater. A hatred of my mother. <laughs> oh um, wow! Uh, now it's all her fault, of course. I think we should right. I, Number I, one. Yeah, she brought it all on yeah, herself. She, By, she sounds like a real complete violation of like boundaries. A real pill. But like she slapped me, and I slapped her back, and uh, I got I got taller than her, and she got afraid of me. And then there was this weird. You know, a thing of my mom was like scared of me physically, and I could feel. And I'm like, this isn't what I meant, but don't don't slap me. Hmm. And yeah, it was. We had a really. You've got hard... a strong jaw and a steely gaze. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm Superman, but it was uh, it was a tough uh, teenagehood. So I, I deserve to have something horrible dropped on me. But I um I was a very poor student. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I didn't cause any trouble at all. But my parents, I think, had been so bad when they were teenagers yeah. that they didn't believe that I was not. They couldn't believe you weren't. Yeah, they couldn't drugs. understand why I wasn't like my dad. I, as an adult, you know, I talked to my dad about his teenage years. He grew up. Uh, he spent his teenage years in Glendale, right near here, and his 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 parents were the. I mean, they were from, they're both from Kansas. My dad lived his elementary school years in uh, Kansas City. My dad's from Topeka. Oh, there you go. Yeah, my my grandparents were from Iola, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And they were the most white people on earth. Yeah. The most kind of um, uh, all of the good and bad parts of 
uh, uh, that. Yeah. And it's like growing up in the 50s in Southern California and Kansas City and being super white and, you know, sending your kid out to the backyard to pick a switch. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, so your dad did that to you? No, my grandfather did did that that to your dad. dad. Okay. And um, my my mom has cut a switch stories too. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's, yeah. I don't even know what a switch looks like. I've only heard about it. It's a whip, it's a stick that will, uh, a stick that will whip. But you know, like uh, all I see is just sapling. little pieces of bark on our tree. Like you must have to get a switch tree. There's got to be a kind you of tree. You got to get a that, switch tree. Yeah. Well, I think in the '50s, switch trees were a lot more popular because sure. in, deve- in new to, developments, they would put switch trees in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's nice. I feel like it's nice that our that our parents got the like got to have that like '60s free to be you and me stuff, and that it seems like that it seems like that switch cutting took a huge dive between our parents and us. Yeah, my my dad apparently is spent his high school years. My dad was an honor student and uh, student government president, student class president or something and president of the student court. Mm-hmm. And apparently he spent a significant portion of his childhood years uh, doing speed, you know, like wow. the uh, the uh, Johnny Cash type. This is in like oh. 1957 or 1958. Yeah. And stealing his parents' car and uh, driving from Glendale to the beach, like to Venice or something, <laughs> you know, which at the time is, you know, that's a long drive in a 1952 sure. Oldsmobile or whatever. And uh, staying up all night and then just, I'm like, it took work. To be, it's not like my parents were teenagers in 1969. They were teenagers in 1958. Yeah. Where it took real focus <laughs> to be a genuine juvenile delinquent. To get drugs, it seems like it would be hard yeah, to get drugs. Yeah, it would be hard to get drugs, right? Because there's no Armenians in Glendale at that time. <laughs> yeah, there's no Armenians. The Armenians it's are not It's easy drugs. now. That's, great. That's racist. You just, you what you do that. is you just find a domino game. <laughs> You sit down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my parents were always sort of confused that – I mean, I, I mean, granted, I was a legitimately terrible student. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no interest in doing well in class at all. But I went to school. I, it wasn't like a big class cutter until until when I was allowed to my senior year. Were, were you uh, – did you – why were you a bad student? Because you're smart. Were, I didn't do not, my homework ever. Did you not like doing homework? No. I, yeah. It's, doesn't, that, doesn't that seem weird? Saying it out loud, not like doing homework, <laughs> oh, seems crazy. It does seem kind of crazy though. But my mom my, – my, I mean it's an accompl- something you do – like it just seems like that's part of your job. Like you right. would not do your homework for the show. Right. right? I know. that's Isn't that strange? But I thought my homework was stupid and pointless, which to be fair, it kind of was. Oh, you were an early nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's the thing. Like my wife told me that she always just did her homework. Yeah. And that was not in the cards for me. As soon as homework came in – like, I got homework in elementary school, but I could always just do it, like, while they were passing it around, yeah, basically, right, right. until about sixth grade. 
And then when the homework became real, I just stopped doing it. See, okay, that's the problem is you're smart enough to get away with doing it at the last minute. So you never learned how to pace yourself and do it the night before. Oh, I never right? did any of So you never like learned that. how to study and all that kind of stuff because you could do it at the last second. And I still don't know how to is, do those things. Yeah, that's not good. So you should, if you had been born a little bit dumber, uh-huh. then you would have had to work early on to get, get or like Or if an I had a. just taken a blow to the head or something. That could still happen. Do you think that that might be good for my business career? I am a business. I am a yeah. businessman. That could be your ninth now. podcast. A blow to the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's just every week you have something dropped on your head, or yes. you take a you take a well, slug. See, from, from you this sounds yeah. like a video podcast. This <laughs> yeah. sounds like one of those things where they blow yeah. stuff up in slow motion right. or something. It's just every week it's a different blow, or those Mentos in Diet yeah. Coke guys. Yes, and then every you week it's a different blow. Try to the head. and read the name of that cracker. <laughs> the whole thing lasts about. 45 seconds. Yeah, but we, and then your we child run it is back. taken from you. Yeah, and then at and the end of every episode. Care. Be, yeah, we run you've... it back in super slow-mo. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you know what's great? Hmm. Super slow-mo. No, super slow-mo is the best. You Fucking did, have you guys seen the super slow-mo we do on Conan? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was oh about to say. Yeah. It's great. So amazing. Every time. Yeah. Every single time. Camera. It's great. Yeah. They, they, do super, they did super slow-mo on the World Series this year. And- I, you would think that super slow-mo, like that baseball would not benefit that much from super slow-mo because it's not a really an action-oriented sport. Right. Uh, it, no. It was awesome. Yeah. Like every innovation they've ever added to a baseball television broadcast has not been useful yeah. until super slow-mo. Like, well, what about the crawl where they show people tweeting about the game? That adds, <laughs> that adds to it. What about the cameras in the bases, which is a real thing well, they had for a while. Let me ask you this. Like, all innovation seems to come from porn, technological. Right. So is there super slow-mo porn that I have not seen yet? Well, the pro- I think the problem with super slow-mo porn would be achieving orgasm. Why? Because you would want to be matching... Right? No, I mean, you just face. shoot it. No, you shoot it in super, super slow-mo, but... Right. But, the oh, but then you masturbate at Stanley. We're talking, about, we're talking about the home right. masturbator. I, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you synchronized your Do you know what mat. pornography is for? <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't have to... You, it's a fun little love story. You don't have story. to sync up with the, the actor. No, but I think you would get in a slow mood. Yeah. All right. Well, you're, you well, wouldn't why, get the appropriate furiousness of Well, that's input. why that's why the slow motion porn, the soundtrack is all right of the Valkyries. That's actually, yeah, it's but that's more of a female thing. Would be Jordan? Slow are you just masturbating porn. to Apocalypse Now again? <laughs> yes, it's a great film. Have you, seen the, have you seen the director's cut? There's 45 more minutes of masturbation you can do. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Laurie Kilmartin. I'm going to make a mistake. Wait, no, don't. You're not going to make a mistake. Just because we had to restart this segment three times because Brian Fernandez, our producer, kept making a mistake. And technically, each time we restarted it, you did a bad job of picking a nickname. Yes. I My recommendation to you. All right. Um... And I want to get this on on tape for Thank posterity. You. Is that okay. your nickname? If it were Shitty Mom, yeah, that would allow me the opportunity to mention the fact that your book Shitty Mom is both a Los Angeles and New York Times bestseller. Thank you. Um, which is no small feat. Um, Can I caveat? Well, first of all, Shitty Mom was. Uh, 
was was how it was uh, referred to in the court documents that okay. custody. <laughs> uh, no, I, I we were it's a it was a New York Times bestseller for a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> it went off. Still counts. It does count. But it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know. Whatever. You'd like it to sell better is what yes! you're saying. Well, yes. Well, had you been on Jordan Jesse Go back then? No, I hadn't. So you hadn't gotten the JJ Go bump. We move books. By which I mean the JJ Go baby bump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're showing. We're going to get pregnant and one of you guys are going to be the dad. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Gotta, you, have, you just have to rub yourself on our semen wall. <laughs> <laughs> Done. That's how pregnancy happens from what uh, I understand. You know, guys, that would truly be a momentous occasion. Mm-hmm. And when something momentous happens to you in our audience... Uh, we ask that you call us at 206-984-4-FUN, 206-984-4-FUN, and let us know about it. Brian Fernandez, let's run that first call. Hello, Jordan. Hello, Jesse. Uh, you were discussing the uh, fuckfest relative <laughs> to subcultural community, and your guest, Colton, uh, mentioned that Civil War reenacting probably <laughs> had one, but with somewhat derision, but as a former Civil War reenactor, I can attest to a high level of Civil War fuckfests, uh, specifically, uh, you know, happening during the Civil War reenactments in the evening once the public has left. Uh, I can attest to seeing a few of them, as well as seeing an elderly gentleman uh, in his 60s get really, really drunk and uh, fuck a horse. That's classic. What? You guys, General Sherman did that on the way to Atlanta. <laughs> That's a known fact. Fuck a horse. <gasps> he really held on to that Trump card. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> we, I, okay, mean, the whole time I'm thinking that what's notable about this is that there's not that many ladies at Civil War reenactments and also that Civil War reenactors are not the kind of pictures of guys that you picture, imagine being in man-on-man Fuckfest oh, Bacchanalias. Lori, for your benefit, last I, you know, uh, I, on the last show we were talking about which Oh, I think subcult- I figured okay, out yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We I, wanted, I put two and two together. We wanted to find out. No yeah. We wanted to find or out 69. what was the most <laughs> suitable for getting involved in a fuckfest with the least amount of embarrassing... You know, like we figured... It, like, sure, you can go to the anime, the porn anime con conference. Right. Cat hacky. Yeah. Little. And it'll be a fuck fest. Sure. You can go to the uh, Ren Fair. Right. And it'll be a fuck fest. But those are also embarrassing things to get yourself involved in that you don't necessarily about, want to get involved uh, in. Just, uh, I, I think Burbank uh, PTA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Same that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. That's the kind You're of thing You're there under about. the guise of, you know, we want to make things the better for kids. Better. Right. Just a group of people. That's perfect because yeah. you're, ta- you're talking about... You're talking about uh, you're going to have a a relatively high number of people that are looking after their figures. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, people who are working in the entertainment industry, their looks are part of their business. Mm -hmm. And because they've chosen that as a career, their relationships are unstable, they're more likely to be divorced or single. (laughs) That's right. Here's a good segue. Yeah. Uh, You're at the PTA meeting. You're like, hey, I hear that uh, kids are trying ecstasy at a younger and younger age. Right. We should know about this so we know when our kids are on ecstasy. You pull out a giant bag of ecstasy. Right. 
and and it just goes down right there in the cafeteria. Well, can I can I offer an idea? Sure. What if you say, guys? I've, I've never been more open in my life. I've now. heard that in the books of Judy Bloom, yeah, there's a description of the male member. Mm. Here's what one looks like. <laughs> 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 you take out your dog. Oh, okay, yeah. And the just old, the old, see the old Bloom segue. Yeah, the old yeah. a classic Bloom segue. You've read about it in in Plato's books, and Socrates' books on rhetoric, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, only now are you learning how to implement it at your parent teacher association. Yeah, meetings. I mean, have you met? Uh, you haven't. You haven't met your parents yet. Like they're the group of parents you're going to be trudging through school no. with. For the next six years. No, I have not met any parents because Simon yeah. is not yet in daycare. That's actually we're looking forward to knowing some parents. Yeah, you should actually, you know, fuck the school's scores. You really need to know what the parents look like. Right. And are they your type? Yeah. Right. Are and are they are they swingers? Are, are they, they right, interested right. in, in the plural lifestyle. marriage? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, great. Uh, let's get back to this guy who fucked a horse. Because <laughs> uh, this should really be our priority. Number one, I'm really happy that they take seriously the part of the reenactment, which is that a bunch of sad soldiers who've been living in the trenches for years just end up fucking each other. Yeah. Um, and also that if they're going to fuck anybody else, it's probably going to be a 19th century prostitute reenactor. Yeah, I mean, that that actually is probably a, an, also an accurate reenactment of yeah, what like, happened in the Civil War. I'm a, Confeder- I'm a Confederate lieutenant in the reenactment. Yeah. Oh, I'm a camp town lady. <laughs> you know? I'm a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thinking back to, I went to a Civil War reenactment last year and did see more women than I expected to. Hmm. Like that whole... You know, well, once you Southern bring in a horse, yeah. of course. Now, uh, <laughs> now was the horse uh, being played by actors, or was this was a horse? Oh, maybe it was two men in a horse. Exactly, because that changes. And was it a Catherine the Great reenactment? No, yeah. she the right. one who died fucking which, a horse. She did. I think that's a rumor. So, rumored. which war is it? Is it a? Is it a? Is it the? Uh, well, I guess Catherine didn't preside over any sort of war in in, yeah. in Russia. So I here's the thing. Damn. Number one, I think that Civil War reenactment is maybe a marginal improvement over Renaissance fair. Yeah. Um, but it's we've still got a long way to go to find something. Because uh, not everyone can. You can't just sign up for the PTA. You have to have a child in the school. Well, how as about I understand it, Vietnamese war reenactment. <laughs> no, that is not a type of reenactment. No, that is that not a. Type. It was a pretty sexy war, guys. It was. I mean, a as a guy naked, down as the a street. guy who's jacked off to Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take one more call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Lita from Minnesota. I work at a private wealth management company in Minneapolis, and one of our new clients, an older gentleman, is named Mr. Mr. Richard Tickler, and he requested that we call him Dick. We are to call him Mr. Dick Tickler. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, guys. Wealth management is an amazing industry. Yeah. You know, I was in Princeton, New Jersey, and I was thinking that you know that you're in a place filled with uh, what's the word? Dick bags. When you're on the main street and there are multiple wealth management <laughs> storefronts. Right. I was in uh, somewhere, somewhere on the California coast in Orange County, 
with my wife overnight, and we we had just sort of picked it at random and found a place to stay, and we went to the main drag, and there was like two cafes and five wealth management storefronts. <laughs> Well, you you um, only a rich person could request to be called Dick Hickler. Dick you know, Tickler. Like, His name is Dick Tickler. It's Tickler. I think it was that Dick Tickler. Tells yeah. me he just went from millionaire to billionaire in my head. Yeah, because yeah. You have to be incredibly wealthy to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, and, then he seemed, and it Tickler. seems like it would be fun. Like that guy's thing could be like he's so rich that he would insist people call him that, but then he would get mad at you if you laughed. Yeah, like it, like, like it was kind of a it, I think him yeah, challenging that's everyone my around. Great grandfather's name. The Whoa, one who, sorry, you think Dick Tickler's right? Exactly. Who, who, I think there's who, one other who brought over railroad. the original slaves. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Please don't disrespect yeah. the Commodore Tickler. I think the <laughs> one uh, Rear Admiral Commodore. Tickler. Yes. Rear Admiral Tickler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that the one, the one other group of people who could probably get away with a- asking that you call them Dick Tickler is a group of people that, for lack of a better descriptor, I would describe as Alan Cumming-like. Gay guys. Not just gay guys, but gay guys that could legitimately yeah. bring off, like, dancing around. Yeah. In a social context. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Super talented gay guys. Yeah, but, so like, we're... also, like, pixie-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a, someone, who's, someone who could bring a little magic to any gathering. But you're saying Alan Cumming but not, because... But not Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> His last name is Cumming. And you forget about oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's he's a talented true. Yeah, because, actor, well, right? be, but so, also because he just seems fun. Like he could come in and be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like that is a spot on impression. But, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I think it captures his dignity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, com- the 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 legendary Cummings uh, dignity, but you know what I mean. Like it could even be. It wouldn't even have to be a gay guy. Like I think it would help. Obviously, yeah. it would help if if it was a gay guy. But I think it could also be just a slight man of any kind. Yeah. Not of a, not a party animal, but a life of the party. Yeah, the kind of guy sure. that you would really. The kind of guy who really kickstart things. Kickstarts things. At a uh, an ethnic wedding of some kind, like a a wedding okay. with a with its own uh, Christian Orthodox tradition. So not a date rapist, but a guy a guy who wants to date rape, but but knows it's wrong. No, a guy back. that everybody loves, and he's... but that's you. You love that guy. You love a date rapist? No, you like a date rapist <laughs> they are fun. with restraints. With restraint, who yeah. knows not he's to like, rape? Oh, I can't do it. You know, like maybe they did it once. He and puts all of his. He puts all of his. He puts she all of his. She was asleep, energy. and I knew it. Oh, I all, yeah. all of their energy goes into like, uh, like filling bathtubs with champagne and trying to get you to say yes, legitimately, or like yeah. lifting people on chairs, or, or climbing in up balconies, or singing, or doing impromptu so wait, songs so wait, wait, that everyone start, loves. Should I ask people to call me Dick Tickler? <laughs> Jordan, yeah. I I think if you were I think if you were a little more musical mm-hmm. and and uh, wayfishly thin, sure, um, I can get to both those places. I think pretty quick. I think I think that you could be a Dick Tickler. Okay. Sure, Dick Tickler. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just start doing speed, and while I'm up, I'll just you know practice my recorder. You know, our friend, our friend Tyler, our friend Tyler McNiven. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's been on the show a sure. couple of times? 
I think he could be a dick tickler. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And he's a heterosexual gentleman. I will say that maybe his his propensity to wear a flowered shirt uh-huh. maybe puts him a little bit in the party animal category for me. Uh-huh. But – but it's a flowered shirt. He doesn't. Sexuality. Yeah. He doesn't wear like open. a. Sh- he doesn't wear like a shirt with a dragon on it or something. That's true. He's the he's the sweet kind. I'm talking about yeah. a sweet kind of party animal mm-hmm. that could play a fl- it's, play no, a it's, it's, pan yeah, flute it's perhaps. <laughs> so a goat man, a oh. half man, half goat. <laughs> yes, a satyr is what I'm talking <laughs> like you about. You keep describing somebody that to you is sweet and to me sounds slightly monstrous. <laughs> Tells me you, we've had. You're talking. We're talking about a satyr. What we've decided person. is that we are literally describing a satyr yeah. because <laughs> a satyr is both sweet and literally Mis- physically slightly yeah. monstrous. Yeah. Great. Well, satyr, Dick Tickler, mm-hmm. we're in. And give us a call if you have a good idea for if you have a good idea or even better experience mm-hmm. with a group that is a fuckfest that you think is a little bit more dignified to to join than yeah. Civil War reenactors. I mean, yeah. unless you're a horse fucker, in which case, go to town, you know? Yeah. Do <laughs> not, they cannot give consent. Do not. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. Lori Kilmartin. I just thought I'd leave it open. You want to? Wait. No. You... Co-author Shitty Mom. We can help you along the way, but it's your it's your book. All right. Fucking you plug it. We'll called, help you out. It's a comedic parenting book called Shitty Mom. I think people are going to love this. I think this is going to be, you know what this is great? What? It's a great uh, a baby shower gift. It is a great baby. It is really. You know it what I'm talking is. about? It's it pretty gets. cheap. They're like ten bucks at Target, eleven bucks on Amazon. You know what? It's that's good. that's number yeah. one. It's pretty good. Number two, this yeah. is a great fun Christmas gift. It is. Or Hanukkah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Hanukkah, you're giving a series of smaller gifts. Yeah. Tet. If you give out gifts for Tet, is it called Tet? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the yeah Tet. Yeah. Yeah, like the Tet Offensive. Yeah, Jordan knows say, about this from his offensive. masturbations. Yeah. Um, if you... Your Hanukkah masturbations? Yeah, right. Well, yeah. you know, my... Sure. His... My Vietnamese <laughs> masturbations. Yeah, his Vietnamese masturbations. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, look, if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, uh, this would be a great example yeah. of one of the values of Kwanzaa. Brian Fernandez, look up the values of Kwanzaa real fast so that we can find out which value of Kwanzaa this best exemplifies. Did you just say that Candles. African Americans are shitty parents? No, I did not. No. I said that they make good pasta sauces. That is a, if oh, it's positive, right, it's not racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know that. Mm-hmm. It's what, Come on, Brian, what are you doing? Have you found it yet? Listen, he's, one of the I know a this Civil War reenactor I'm, fuck a horse <laughs> right now. Oh, one of the values of Kwanzaa is candles. One of them is socialist That's a revolution. Value. <laughs> yes. Come on, Brian. There's a certain I think there's five days of Kwanzaa. I think it's family. And there's five values of Kwanzaa and then signified are, by candles. Unity. Self determination. Nope. Collective work and responsibility, a.k.a. communism. Yeah. No, that, that's not it. Cooperative economics, Cooperative economics uh, no. a.k.a. communism. Right. Nope, that's not it. Purpose? Purpose, uh-uh. Well, no, but 
Creativity, yeah. Sure. Faith, no. Yeah, okay, so it's a bad Kwanzaa bad. gift. Yeah. yeah. Right. Every other holiday. You are you are re-releasing a new version with a red, black, and green cover <laughs> that are. is perfect for Kwanzaa. It, it really is. Um, Lori, it has been a delight to have you on the program. Thank you. Thank you so much for thank you so I much for coming. It. Thanks for having me. Um, you can of course uh, watch Lori Kilmartin's monologue jokes on the Conan Show. Sure. You can buy your book in bookstores. Let's say Target, Amazon.com. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. And you can catch her at your local stand-up comedy club, uh, especially if you're at a Flappers. Trying to remember a joke I've done since 1984. Yeah. <laughs> 206-9844 on our number. JJGo at MaximumFun.org. Our email address, our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and Light in the Attic Records. Hey, guess what? Hmm. I'm going to drop a plug right here. Okay. We just released two live episodes of Judge John Hodgman Yeah. Uh, that we recorded in New York City. Um, they are a blast. I think you should give them a listen. And guess cool. what? We've got two studio episodes coming up. I was unavailable. I was busy interviewing celebrity super blogger Tavi Gevinson. And so guess who filled in for me as guest bailiff? Hmm. 30 Rocks Scott Adsit. Wow. So that put that in your pipe and smoke like it, ladies and gentlemen. This week on Judge John Hodgman. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brian Fernandez on the boards for Jordan Morris. I'm Jesse Thorne. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go.